0: Um, hello, uh, my name is Erin Weil. I'm the co-founder of Film Roundtable, and we're here today with writer-director-director Savannah Leaf and uh, director of photography Jody Lee Lipes. and we're here to um, talk about their new collaboration that's going to be coming out in July um, called Earth Mama. Um, that's brought to you by A24 and Film4. And yeah, so we're really happy to have them on the podcast. So welcome, welcome to the both of you. Thank you for coming.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Glad to be here.
0: And uh, yeah, we just a lot to talk about. Beautiful, beautiful film that they created together. Looking forward to diving in on that. And, um, you know, but first it might be nice to just hear about how you two connected and, uh, started collaborating with one another.
1: Yeah. Um, so I, I feel like I first kind of, um, met Jody in 2020 and I think I had like, um, I had asked to work with him on a commercial or he was suggested to me by a few people, one of them being my partner who's a cinematographer as well. And um, he really loves Jody's work and just like thought that with my taste, but also, yeah, with with my taste that I would probably like his work. And I was looking for a cinematographer in New York, by the way, and um, Park Pictures who, also ended up making this film. Um, they also suggested Jody for this for this job because he works with various different directors, and everybody seems to feel that Jody is like a very um, sensitive cinematographer, but also very mindful of the people in front of the camera as well as behind the camera, and um, really loves to push the creative um, into a direction. That I was like very like keen to meet Jody and um uh he couldn't do that commercial, but we decided to get a drink right at Lot Radio, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, yep. That's right. <laughs> and,
1: and this was like I want to say July of 2020, somewhere somewhere around then. And um it was like a really nice meeting because I feel like sometimes you go into um commercials or jobs or even like a feature film having not really spent much time with the people you collaborate with and in a way like actually for me Jody in that circumstance I was like man I don't really want to work with anybody who I don't have like a sit down hangout with before I'm working with them because it was really nice to just get to know him without even thinking about like what is he like as someone to work with just like honestly just getting to know who he is as a person. And um I felt very comforted by that uh conversation. And it was it was just really interesting. I don't even know what we spoke about, but we sat there and we talked for a really long time. Right. And, yeah. Then, yeah,
2: and then and then Ryan came too oh my gosh. Um, oh
1: yeah and then Ryan came yeah.
2: Yeah and Savannah's I, partner who's the DP whose work I love too. Yeah. And um yeah
1: and I and I feel like we, we, he just, you guys just spoke for a little bit as well <laughs> and um, started getting along really well. And, and then I didn't, I don't think we like really hung out again or spoke again maybe till um, we started working on this, like uh, I want to say it's more of a PSA than mm-hmm. a commercial, but um for like the Biden campaign, which was interesting. And that was like very, that was later later in the year. And um, it was like very, very low budget kind of last minute. Was it three days or two days? I can't uh, even remember, yeah. And um, <clears throat> I really, Enjoyed working with Jody on this project. It was so small and there was like barely any resources. But like the whole point of it was to just show all these different people um and how they might um relate to one another in different ways. And so it was just like little vignettes, but very simple. And it it felt very much like we weren't imposing anything on these people even though the circumstance might have been that we would want to impose something on them. And um, yeah, and, and I, I just really felt that we kind of like, it was very natural. Like it was like, everything was difficult about this job. Like there's no money, there's no resources. We had very small amount of crew. We were in Jersey. Like it was really difficult in many ways, but I feel like we navigated these circumstances very well. And it felt kind of like, um, you were thinking ahead to the next situation. And I was kind of like, whenever we would look at each other, we were like, okay, yeah. And it was a, it was just very smooth um, and and natural. And and you often found like frames that I don't, and I feel this way even with Earth Mama, I would have never picked those. If I was just like holding the camera, I would have never thought about those frames in that way. Um because you're really like seeing the space and the people um, and really maybe I don't know what it is but you're really thinking about all the potential angles or the way the camera like very slowly kind of pans or like very slowly zooms and you're really thinking about who's the focus of that scene or that moment and um, yeah I just never really see the scene in that way. But when you show it to me or when we really start discussing it, that's when it kind of like opens up and I'm like, exactly, that's exactly what we want this scene to be about. Um, so that was that, that. was really enlightening. And then we did another commercial, but that, that first moment was kind of really um, special for that reason in that I just never saw a lot of those scenes in that way until you kind of brought that into the space.
2: Yeah, I remember I was in South Africa in a hotel room and I got a message that there was someone who was like trying to book me on a job. And so I, on a commercial job. And so I looked at your work online and I just don't ever, I can't remember ever being like, oh, this is correct. Like this is like, this makes so much sense, you know, like. I just had such a strong feeling about it and then but it was like people were starting to get sick like it Mm -hmm. was like a week or two after like there was any press about COVID yeah and I remember like because I was flying around a lot and it was like this thing is like should we be on an airplane right now it it was like that point in the pandemic but for whatever reason the job didn't work out or I, I couldn't do it and I was upset about that but then when I don't remember how we ended up getting together but yeah when when we did meet each other that first time it felt like very natural and and just like you said it was really nice I'm really lazy about meeting people when it's not for a specific job but I knew like I needed to meet you and and then when I did and when I got to know Ryan too it was just it was great and that first job yeah it was like it just felt like we had worked together before And it was like so natural and the same thing the second time is like i think i have trouble i I sometimes have trouble finding people who um like want to try as hard as i do Mm. and like there's a lot of like ego that can get in the way of that of like as you know if you're a dp and you're not like in charge like, pushing on something, like, can be a very, it's a very delicate thing with, um, with the director, because, like, I feel like a lot of the time, like, ego stops it, like, mm-hmm. or it, it, like, makes it a hard conversation, um, but I just never feel that way with you, like, I feel like we can talk about something, and we both, like, are always trying to make it better, like, till after it's done being shot, and it's not about, like, Whose idea it was, or like Mm. what all that bullshit that gets in the way, Mm. and so that was a really good, good feeling, Um, and yeah, and then like I've said this to you before, but you know it's it's pretty unusual that a commercial director like doesn't have a a screenplay (laughs) they they're like talking about like it's a pretty common thing, and. you know, it's a hard thing to get going and a lot of people don't get them going. But it's it's just, you know, I've been doing this long enough that it's sort of like, you know, you hear about it a lot from commercial directors and it a lot of the time doesn't materialize. So it's like I don't really take it that seriously. Mm. But I remember like generally speaking, but like mm. the the um I remember like when your script came around, it was like it seemed uh, more serious for some reason. I think it was like the way you shared it with me, and um, I don't know. You just seemed like you were actually going to make it. Um, but then, you know, but then when I read it, that I was really shocked because it just, I, I, it didn't feel like someone's first script. Like I've never read a first script before that felt like that um, mature you know and so it was I just couldn't believe I was like in shock reading it and um so yeah then I really really wanted to do the movie and um luckily I got to do it (laughs) but uh
1: yeah I mean I think well two things you're bringing up other feelings or things that I'm remembering now once one was like when I first met you or we sat down you said something like that about commercial directors like oh everybody has a script like but then you said like actually make it or you said something along like actually keep pushing it and it was like something really simple like that and it 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 did make me like it kind of was like man i'm actually going to do this like i'm not going to be like all these other people. um and then and then separate from that i you know what really stood out to me was we did this project this documentary commercial but like um it was about these people and what it was about this tennis um coach and uh she's like this really this this elderly lady and um she she was a tennis coach in where was it where were we i don't even the remember. bronx in the bronx and, um, yeah and uh during the pandemic and we have this like very emotional scene where this thing happens and she like her heart kind of like flutters and she's is so um it's so wild because it was very unexpected i think all of us were just not expecting it And Jody had such an emotional response. There's multiple times where Jody had like such an emotional response and we had the little headset thing on (laughs) and I'm like hearing him like tear up and like the camera does this light thing. And I was just like, I don't have a lot of DPs that I work with that are that emotionally in tune with what's happening in front of the camera that they like, it affects them. Um, and it was like, I really loved that, you know, cause I was like, okay, he's like really watching. He's not just like framing up, you know? And, um, so then when the script came around and I was thinking about DPs, honestly, I was nervous to send it to anybody. Like it's a very scary thing, sending the script out. Um, and I think people, don't really talk about how terrifying that is, you know, um, you're really putting yourself on the line, especially with a script like this, that's, uh, a story that, you know, it actually started with me and, you know, growing up with, I have, my sister is adopted and, um, this story kind of was loosely based around that. And then, I kind of, an imagination of what her birth mother's life might have been like, and um, thinking about my life growing up in the Bay Area, and all the people that have impacted me, and all the mothers that have impacted me. And then I did the short film, the short doc, which, um, with a friend of mine, and uh, that was kind of like research, but it was also kind of diving in and wondering, is this a documentary, or is this or is this a narrative feature and should I come back to the script that I started with and afterwards I came back to the script I started with and I had all this research but also this these emotions that kind of came in all these different directions so really the script was like me for the past like four years so sharing the script actually not even for the past four years it was like me since like, I don't know, 10, 15 years. Yeah. <laughs> my, my whole life, actually, because it is my first script, you know. And I'm the type of person that is, I wasn't like, I didn't have like tons of like script, you know, um classes or like I didn't really know how to make a script. So I was like figuring it out while I was like writing this script. And sharing a script with people that have read tons of scripts before, it's just kind of like, yo, how does this compare to any of that stuff? You know, I had just watched, I know this much is true. And I thought that was like, one of my favorite things to come out in, I don't know, in ever. And I thought it was so powerful, just every everything about it. So sharing it with Jody was like, terrifying, because I'm like, yo, this is such an incredible piece of work that he's done i mean there's other things as well but this one was very recent to like me um reaching out with with the script and i i was nervous what people were gonna say you know is this like does does language does my voice sound like corny does like the does it sound very elementary like how i'm writing um all these things are coming up for me when i was sharing it so i would I'd suggest names and then I was like, ah, I don't know if we should send it to them. I'm not sure if they'll like it. And I gotta say, <laughs> this is weird for me to talk about an agent, but like, I gotta say Grant also was like suggesting people and suggesting Jody as well and like that the fact that he was suggesting it and i know i wanted to share it with him at the same time made it like kind of me feel okay <laughs> you know i was like okay if i if he's suggesting it then maybe jody will like this and so when he did jody might have responded within like 2 days of me sending it which also i got to say was like very amazing to receive that on the other end most of the times you send something and like you're not hearing back for two, three weeks. And you're just like twiddling your thumbs, thinking everybody hates the script. Um, And so it was really meaningful to have him respond that quickly. And that like emotionally, it wasn't like, it was like a very emotional gut response rather than, I don't know, talking about the technical aspect. It was just like, it was, it was very much like, I want to do this. I want to talk to you about it. Like it was, it was very gut response. Um, and, and then we went for a walk uh, and talked. And, and I think you said you don't want to talk over Zoom. I, am I making this up? I, I think
2: it could have been, yeah. I
1: think we, I think you said like, let's talk in person, which I also love. I hate, I, I know we're on Zoom right now, but I hate doing the Zoom things. And like when you're prepping for a film, during the pandemic especially, it felt like everybody was like, let's do a meeting over Zoom and I was gonna go crazy. Like, how am I gonna meet all these heads of department over Zoom? Like, how is that gonna work? And we went for a walk, which was like very special because we just talked about this film and like the feeling behind it. And, um, you know, everyone read the script and I think thought it was gonna be this, like very kind of huh, shaky handhelds, social realists, like drama, d- dark, moody, um, everything that I just didn't want to do, basically. And um, Jody was excited about that, you know. And um, I mean, actually, I want to ask you, like, why? <laughs> like, what what was it? What was exciting about like reading it or um? Or, yeah, any of Well,
2: I mean, it. well, the exciting thing is it's a good story. Yeah. That's, that's good. That doesn't happen very much. Um, and then there was just a lot of emotional maturity to it. It was unique. It felt, you know, something I'm always looking for is, like, is this, like, something... I know it's not about your life directly, but it's, like, is this about something that this person like needs to express or like like I we've talked about this before but I feel like a lot of great <clears> tours <throat> at least for like a significant section of their life like they're telling the same story and over, over and over again because they can't get through it and they're working on it and they're trying to understand it and there's something very unique and personal and like that has a lot of voice that comes out of that and it just felt very clear to me right away it's like oh this is that thing for this person. Mm -hmm. Um but yeah in terms of like the form of it, I mean I don't really generally like I don't really like think about how something looks for not just the first time I read it, but maybe for the first 10 times I read it. Like I don't think I've ever said that out loud before, but it's pretty true. But like just like you said, it's the assumption is like whatever kind of baggage that comes along with the assumption is that like, yeah, it's gonna, they're gonna do like this thing that people do with like a first movie and it's like about this thing. And so like, that's how people tell stories like this. And so I was kind of like thinking like, well, that's probably gonna be how this is, but like, that's okay, you know? But then when you said, well, no, it's like, it's not handheld and it's not this and it's not that. I was like, oh, even better like now we have like a really good story and then we have a way of telling it that also has voice and personality and like will make people pay attention to it Mm -hmm. and really like see the story, see what it's about in a way that they wouldn't otherwise. And also that will maybe appeal to like different people, you know, like, than you might think. So like it was kind of all of those things like when you said that like all of those things like immediately go through my mind. And also I feel like I'm you know I think I'm pretty flexible with like being able to do different kinds of things like as a camera person but I I feel like this is a little bit more like in my wheelhouse the way that you wanted to do it. Mm. Um, And so like just naturally like what would come out of me so um, yeah so that's why I was excited about that.
0: Yeah um, I have to uh, say that I found the camera work very in you don't feel the camera at all in the film like it feels very invisible. Um, I think I, there are things I noticed because I'm you know very attuned to cinematography and, and filmmaking but it really is you just you feel you're so in in Gia's world you know, and in that space, and it's very dreamlike in in a lot of ways. Um, I also want to say I really love the way you did the uh, the car stuff, like mm-hmm. the, all the car stuff was really beautiful in the, in the inside interiors, just mm-hmm. really, really powerful, and how you were moving the camera, and then also kind of like switching perspectives, but it was really, really good.
1: Yeah, I thought it was And that was like interesting. It was like developing the language together, you know, from when we started kind of going ahead, like I'm prepping, you know, Um, it was, I had never done this before, but I had so many ideas, you know, and the pandemic was a crazy time because I also there was like lengths of not working which was like so perfect for me because i could just sit and watch movies and also look at art and read and you know receive as as many reference points as i could possibly do um which i don't think we get all the time to do and um and then when jody and i started working together Obviously, I like shared all that stuff. I don't know how much he like looked at all of it, but like I think he did watch a lot of stuff and like, you know, looked at a lot of images and read a lot of stuff. And then in terms of like the visual language, we were kind of like creating a shot list together and scouting together at the same time. And um Jody had said he doesn't really do sh- i don't know, I don't want to speak for you, but like. <laughs> Um, it's different with every director, I guess. Uh, and sometimes you're using a shot list and sometimes you're not. And, um, with this, you know, I had already started thinking about some shots, but then Jody came in and was like, sometimes like completely thinking about it completely differently. And like, we're thinking about this space and like, we started to come up with this like language, which, um, A, what was important is that these are, there's a lot of non-actors. So we wanted the camera to not be like in people's faces all the time, you know, like how do we create a language that's far enough away from them so they can not think about it so much. And also thinking about it where we don't have to do tons of takes because we're doing tons of coverage. Like if we can kind of reduce the amount of coverage we're, we're doing that enables them to kind of give like one solid performance and like if they can nail that that's that's great you know and so the language kind of was also informed by the people in front of the camera and what would make them feel comfortable and um and also just being able to yeah allow them to only have to do that amazing performance once you know and um that was kind of very liberating for them i think um
0: were they mostly non-actors in that other than um the woman who was doing the adoption?
1: yeah, the, most of people were non-actors. Yeah. um there was some kind of like uh, there was a handful of people that were performance based people that hadn't acted before. so like musicians, um which I will say like, you know, tia is a musician. so in a way, like she she has the experience of entertaining, which, you know, um, is something that's there and, um, and maybe made her feel more comfortable at times. Um, uh, and then, and then there was people like Dochi who's like, you know, her whole thing is like performance as well. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so that her comedic like beats and her, um, that side of her is very comes very naturally to her for that which, reason
0: which character was Doji? She plays Trina she's
1: plays oh. the best friend yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: um I read and- about her afterwards actually I saw like her IMDB and how many things she's doing she sounds yeah. really interesting of, <laughs> yeah. of what she's doing in her community and whatnot
1: yeah I mean yeah so she so everybody's kind of got these like great s- stories you know and um and and Erica Alexander is this kind of amazing actor who kind of led the group um, uh, in a way that um, she is like the mother to the mothers in a way, but she is that in real life. <laughs> like she was kind of giving people pointers, but also like being an emotional support, but also having fun on set. Like she's, she was kind of being that support person on set as well as, as well as a role yeah yeah
0: so so how many of the characters in the film were actually in your documentary maybe only
1: well there was there was tiffany who opens the film and she's i'll just say she opens the film um and She's she was in the documentary. Um, and sh- she's been kind of a friend since that documentary. And um I knew she she had to be in this like women's group that shares their stories. Mm-hmm. And um and then there's Miss Tony, who she's kind of on the periphery of scenes, but she was kind of an emotional support during the mother's group and where they're kind of giving their t- testimonies to camera. Um and uh, so she was there on the day as both kind of an extra, but also as as just to be there because, you know, people are revealing so much of their lives. And to me, basically how we set it up was that there was me, the camera facing the people giving their story, and then the camera facing the people listening. And um, so it's a very a very hard thing for them to do because they're just telling me their stories. Erica Alexander, who a lot of people really respect, is sitting right there listening. You know, you've got the camera team who is hidden, but you've but you've you know they're there. And um you've got these people, a lot of people you don't know, and you're just talking to me, who a lot of the, the people who are sharing their stories knew me, but still very scary. Um, and so at times, you know, we would have to take breaks just to allow people to cry or um, feel the support of the group, honestly. <laughs> um, and, uh, I don't know why I'm going into this, but I, I, I'm that, that, that was another camera language that was kind of like, we were thinking about it in terms of the people and how to make people feel comfortable and safe and, um, not distracted by the fact that we're making a film. Um, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah and then- Savannah just very, very sensitive to that in a way where, like, people talk about it, you know, but they don't always do it. And, like, she really, really did it. Like, in that scene, when someone got really upset, like, really upset, you know, Savannah went outside with them for... I can't remember, 25 minutes or something, and everyone was freaking out, because we are you know, hitting overtime, and it was, like, the sky was falling, <clears throat> and so then I was, like, this person's upset, I'm talking to her, you know, and, like, that was really impressive, not just to me, but to the whole entire crew, it was just, like, whoa, like, this is not a joke, like, the, like, this Person is like for real, and I think that kind of dictated a lot of the the tone of like the set. Um, is people just really, really like responded to that because it was like, well, who cares about the movie? Like, this is a a person. Yeah. So that was, but but I also I wanted to talk a bit more about like yes, I, you know, I probably watching more films I had never seen before for this movie than I think I ever have before, which is weird. Cause like, I've seen a lot of movies. So like, <laughs> I was kind of like, wait, what, what is this list? And it's definitely like, I I'm, I have the database of the like references <laughs> list, which is like, you know, 200 movies. long. It's like the longest list ever, but it's not like like there's a reason for each one of them. Like there really is a reason in, in terms of like why Savannah put them on there.
0: Can you share a couple of them that you hadn't ever seen before that, that were really, um, uh, you know, motivating for you?
2: Yeah. I'm so bad at remembering titles. Um, I can see the movies in my, a couple of movies in my head that I can't remember the titles of, um,
1: Describe Oof. the picture in, in your head.
2: <laughs> <laughs> one is, uh, it's French and it's um, a couple who.
1: Oh, Nanette and Bonnie? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was That's one. The Claire Claire sure. um, yes, yeah. Claire
2: Right. And then yeah. there was one that was um, about like this really impoverished neighborhood and these, uh, these sisters um, who oh, lived.
1: Pedro. Osos, Pedro. But yes yes thank
0: you What <laughs> <laughs> like, name uh, of the film it's called Oso. Oso.
2: yeah um there was so many um yeah. but those are the first two that come to mind um but there was also like a lot of Hanukkah michael Haneke, and just there was like a lot of very diverse like eclectic things um but it ended up really like clarifying what we wanted to do a lot where I could like understand more clearly. And I, and you know, the the other thing that was really unique to me about the prep and just sort of like developing like what the movie was gonna be visually was, you know, usually what happens, like no matter what the scale of the movie is, is like the director is like, yeah, we're gonna spend this time together. And then they're like gone and like, that's it. It's like, it's so hard to get time with them. And like Savannah really wanted to spend time together, which is amazing. And I haven't, I really have not planned a movie this much since the first movie I ever did. Um, And it was like going through the script, like word by word and really talking out each scene, like word by word. And we did it once and it like took forever. And then I was like, that was amazing. Like I haven't, I literally have not done that since the very first movie I did. And when I was like 26 years old or whatever, 25 years old. And then she was like, okay, so like, let's do it again. (laughs) And I was like, this is, (laughs) Like, this is great. Cause there's all these, there's like little things that aren't like totally where, you know you gotta like really figure out or else it just falls away. And uh so we did it again. And then I was like, well, wow, that was amazing. But like I can tell she's like getting tired of this. So like that's it. And now she's gonna disappear. And then she's like, okay, let's do it again now. And I was like, I couldn't believe it. And it was so great because we really got to like hear each other out. And so much was figured out ahead of time. And it became like more and more specific because like as we're going through again, and it's like, okay, now we know what that location is. And now we know, you know, like if, if we're looking this way, like it's super specific, like this is what we're going to see and this is why. And, and I also always do this like really like insanely detailed like document for like a, sort of a movie with every single scene on it and all this stuff. And like, I've never had someone actually use it before, like really use it. And Savannah basically like co-authored that, which has just never happened um it's like I can't get I can like beg people to look at it they won't look at it mm. but she's like in there editing it and like changing it and like putting mm. some it's it was great and um and then it becomes this thing that like communicates so much to everyone um, because it's not just mine like it's hers mm-hmm. and so that was like a very very special prep and I think it really helped get through a movie which had you know very small resources but like because of the specificity of planning it really helped us like make it feel bigger and like get through it um can I and i also feel how, really like specific
0: can i ask three things how long of the prep how long a prep did you have um how many days was the shoot and after doing all this really robust prep when you were in filming did anything really shift or did it did you was everything kind of really laid out for you like did anything shift in the moment
1: well I think well, well first off I, I actually don't remember how long was pre- like six weeks am I
2: um I was there I would say for like yeah maybe maybe I think longer I think maybe eight was it eight weeks or seven weeks? But it, the, basically though, it was like way longer than you're supposed to have for that size film, which is like the most important thing. And yeah. like, uh, you know, that it's the same thing, like y- even on a commercial, it's like when you get like one extra day of prep, like before the tech scout or something, like it's like night and day. Mm-hmm. And And I think, um that was huge savannah pushed really hard for that it ended up getting like a little shorter than she wanted because the like the movie pushed or there was like some things happened but like it still was way longer than it was supposed to be
1: mm-hmm.
2: just financially speaking and we also like we did a lot like off the clock and a lot of scouting like just the two of us and so it was like
0: was it was it a lot 21 day shoot was it 25 day was it
1: I feel like it was twenty six. Am I making? I, I don't know.
0: Yeah,
1: it. I think that's right. yeah. Twenty six. I think it was twenty six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. But obviously, it was like kind of. It like budget was happening while we were doing this, so like you know we're thinking we have thirty, and like slowly it's going down, and then, um, and so and things were shifting because we're like trying to weirdly like this film has a lot of locations for like this budget side and so we weren't finding locations at the at the rate that we needed to find the location set in prep and like so we were I didn't I didn't know this I I remember it was like a week before the shoot and Jody was like he's talking Oh, me during prep, but like Jody really is like a DP that really understands scripts. And I don't think everybody does. Not everybody like really is paying attention to every little detail in the script, but he's like a writer as well. And, and I think that's really important because he helped me. He would ask a lot of questions. He's just like a question asker. And those questions helped me figure out some things and also helped me cut some things where I was like struggling Um, to like make the budget and even if even in ways that maybe he didn't even realize works helpful maybe he was very intentional with it but sometimes maybe it wasn't even intentional and um there was a week before the shoot and we hadn't found all the location. I was just like, so fucking stressed. And I just was like breaking down at that point. And, um, Jodi was like, it's okay. Like people don't find all the locations like all the time before the shoot. And I'm thinking like, I need everything perfectly prepped. It's like, it's all right. And that was like really, an amazing moment for me. That's where like, you know, you're making your first film and someone who's who's more experienced than you is by your side is really helpful it's like like we can relax on this thing that you think you need to have perfect you know and um so yes things were shifting because like things weren't happening at the rate we needed them to happen so like for example um like half the locations we i feel like we're still finding while we were shooting and so jody and i would be like rapping and going to location scout or like location scouting on the weekend or whatever it was. And, um, that, that was shifting or like the script was making amends because like we had a shoot day, you know, cut or whatever it was. So I, so things were shifting, but in terms of like the language of the camera, I feel like the way we set it up was about the, like being, um, unintrusive on the actor it was it was about thinking about the actors before they even got into the space because they're because they've never acted before because they don't know what their process is you know um and they were figuring that out as we were filming and so um I feel like most of the language if not all of it was kind of figured out in that prep am I am I wrong yeah no I I
2: think I think we stuck pretty
1: tightly to that what yeah and and, and yeah no, go ahead. I was no, I, a lot of that had to do with you know we don't have a lot of 26 days might sound like a lot of days maybe for someone's but it's not you know and um so yeah, no, of, for me, it wasn't not, it wasn't and so i feel like we ha- we ha- we created a language where like yes we could do like eight takes of, or like sometimes even 12 takes but it was like one angle and so that gave people the opportunity or the actors the opportunity to do that many takes and like once the camera's set like we're set the actors can do as many takes as they need to do you know
2: and also like then you know lighting continuity becomes less of an issue it's like if you can really make decisions and really like so this is a one-shot scene and like everyone kind of agrees about that then it's not about like having to control the whole environment because it needs to match from shot to shot to shot. It's just like, this is what it is right now and let's roll. And then later it'll be different and we roll, you know, and and that's so freeing to me. Like it's so great. And, you know, we're shooting on film and stuff. So we had to be, you know, we didn't want to like shoot too much. Uh Um, But it was, but it felt very like liberating in that way where it's like, really decided coverage so that we didn't have to like control things we didn't need to control.
0: I I feel like you were really successful with that. You know, there, there's some really simple shots that really reveal so much um, of, of the story and emotion. Like I love the scene when they're walking at the beach, I think, right. That, and they're talking and you're following them and then you like totally <laughs> just gently move this way and it's like a whole other you know coverage and mm-hmm. it was really beautifully done and also at the car uh like the night hang where they were doing donuts i think there was a lot of that in the in that whole you know you know walking this way and then coming back even though there's a cut in there it still feels very um like one shot almost
1: I'd almost say that a lot of the like adjusting came around like performance, like the, the subtle things, you mm-hmm. know, like um, how fast somebody's moving or like, oh, we want to get a bit more of that emotion. Like, could they s- slow down a little bit here? Or, or maybe the camera just needs to like slightly do something here. And all of that was informed by how the performances, but those were like very subtle. Adjustments that I think, like you mentioned, like do make a huge difference. Like little shifts in the scene, or like these, like really subtle camera adjustments. Um, Though that was more um, informed by the on the day, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, Um, and that that one at the beach. It's like you're seeing her from the side, and then you're seeing her, you know, her friend. And it's going and then it comes right at the right time when you want to reveal her whole face. Mm. It, it was just really well timed. And and again, the camera work is so subtle. Like you don't even feel like the camera is there. You know, mm. you're so in her space and what, you know, what's happening. and how, I mean, I spent so much time thinking about how calm she was. When the storm was going on in the side of her, like I was just really with her, and like yeah. how much respect I had for her, of like all the shit going on in her world, like I wasn't even thinking, like I was in a movie, you know, I was just yeah. like, in yeah, yeah, her yeah. space, and that was really, um, really special. And I also, I want to before I want to talk about the two gentlemen that you interviewed who talked about their foster care because I yeah. thought that was just really so powerful and how brave and vulnerable they were. And Mm -hmm. I love that you asked the men this. So I was just curious if I'm imagining that's their stories in in real life. Right. And yeah, so that that was really, really, really powerful. And um, Jody, I also want to know, like, have you spent a lot of your career working with non-actors before or was this one of the first films that you had that had so many non-actors? because i was just trying to think when you were talking about that of what you've done in the past and if this was a first so those were those are two questions i'd love to chat about a little bit if you guys are game do you want to talk about those two those two men
1: yeah yeah so yeah. um the two men so um yeah i i had met them we those characters in the script like the initial draft of the script were more like comedic a little bit but also like the lighter side and it's more talking about community like there's a lot of elements of talking about community and how they support you and like try to make light of situations sometimes make you laugh at moments make you feel supported even if they're just like down the road saying like how you doing (laughs) and like that's that was kind of their role Um, but then when I met these guys Ricky and James and Marley, but, um, I heard their stories, you know, a lot of times we're asking questions to the actors in casting, which was just like, how do you connect to, or, or can you tell, tell us about your relationship to motherhood? And it's like a very broad, um, question and they can answer it however they want. And when we heard people's responses, sometimes they were very much in line with this film, you know, and, um, they were so excited to share their story so james you know had had been in jail for 10 years just got out like a couple months before we met him since he was 17 you know um so he he had been through so much in his life and when they were casting this he just like opened up like he just like went and shared everything it was like so ready to vulnerable you know and that was so powerful to me to, to hear someone so excited to share their story, um, who just wanted to be heard, you know, and so willing to be vulnerable. Um, so when I met him and he was sharing his story to me, he, I felt, he felt like a brother to me, you know, he felt like someone I grew up with. He felt, um, just everything down to like, how he describes things to what he went through felt very similar to many people, you know, I grew up with. So, um, I just really wanted to put him in the script and, and give him a voice because I felt like the men were a little bit more on the periphery of the script. Um, and Ricky similarly, like has so much of a story and so eager to share it. And, um, so I would I basically went in and wrote these little pieces uh, to integrate their story into the film. And that was like a very late edition, I think as well. Um, uh, so most of it was scripted, but it was scripted off of their stories and um, they gave a little bit to that as well. And um, yeah they are really powerful, amazing people. That's
0: <laughs> yeah. It really, it really was, it's just, it's such a beautiful addition to the film, especially like you said, they're kind of on the periphery of the film. Right. And in this way of like what the environment is like that they're living in and what their communities are like. And, you know, the conversation that's kind of happening to the side while this is going on here in the film. And it was, and you know, which, which is like, you know, what we could hear for walking down the streets in the city, but just. We're all human, right? We all have so much depth and understanding of who we are and to be able to just have a couple of seconds in the film where these people who were just hearing, like we hear things on the street or passerbys, you know, talking and having a deep understanding of who they are and what happened to them in their lives. And and how hard it was for them and, and their connection to their mothers. And I don't know, just the complications and the layers of, of who we are as humans, you know, it was such a nice thing to bring in and brought so much more humanity to all the different levels of the characters in the story. So I, I really, really appreciated that.
1: Yeah. And two things on that. One of them was that, you know, her son is so young in the film. He can't really like, Intellectualize or like fully like take a step out and describe what he's going (laughs) through. And he doesn't even know what he's about to go through. You know, Um, he doesn't know uh, how this is gonna have a longer effect on him. And so for me, their voices was also um, a way of thinking what maybe her children would go through in the future or might feel in the future. It was like a way of seeing, that that journey through the foster care um like how that might affect them as grown men you know and um so that was that side of it and and then the other side of it is like the film is gia is just one person but like this film and this story affects so many people and you don't know how it affects them you know and 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 i i think that's like the exciting part of the film is like you have all these people that you pass by in the street so many people and like all of them are like an arm's distance away from from this specific story you know and that is kind of um, the universality universal, universality that's right. <laughs> okay universality of this the story and that's the, the that's what's um, powerful to me um, about this film you know? And that's what's exciting about it is like, um, it's not just one person, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and that, so it's like specific in Gia's story, but it also gives a voice or, or at least allows people to share their voice, um, who, who have that similar journey in, in, in different ways, you know?
0: Yeah. And then there's not just one solution, right? It's, it's, it's right. an both, which also those two guys bring in, right, that she, and it's the decision she ends up making, you know, Um, I I guess I don't want to give it away (laughs) on the podcast. But anyway, I I thought there were, there were so many levels that that that's those two scenes brought to the, to the whole bigger picture of how you can look at, you know, this, the issues of, of foster care and adoption and and, yeah. all, you know, what kind of lifestyle we're living and what opportunities we don't have or have and um, how yeah. hard it is to get out of situations, you know, especially for Black women,
1: yeah. right? I mean, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, and I mean, Jody, do you want to talk a little bit about the non-actor aspect, unless there's something um, you guys would rather sure. chat about?
2: Yeah, I, well, I you know, I started off in documentary like a lot of people and um so I think that's helpful but I think the maybe the most important moment of that for me was I used to be a wedding videographer and I really hated weddings a lot I was a young young man <laughs> and I just thought like I don't want to get married this is so dumb I hate this um and um I was kind of just hissed off when I was doing it you know and um, one day my, I came into the office where my boss was and he was like, hey, so I watched the footage um, to say like, you are so good at this. Like, you're so good at this. I can tell how you feel about the people by the way that you're shooting. So just be careful about that. And he was just telling me like I can tell you hate these people, and like you know just verité footage of like a couple getting married. <laughs> so it was like I, I was like oh my god I'm like ruining really these people's memories. But that was a really important lesson for me. And then I think probably the next big one was um, was I, you know. I think because of that, I, I kind of ended up then like when I worked with Derek C and France, um, who the first commercial we ever worked on was non-actors. <clears throat> I think he kind of like Savannah was liked that I was sort of uh, paying attention to them. And he uses a lot of non-actors. And I and I noticed this thing between Derek and Savannah where it's like when you're prepping the movie. <clears throat> and you're just like walking around on the street or you're scouting or whatever it's like it's casting you know it's like you not just like oh that person's great but like wanting to talk to everyone like really wanting to talk like really wanting to like learn about who they are and like in that process it's like you're you're finding out like this person should be in the movie this person like the person who owns the uh the corner store, like, they should be in the movie as, like, the corner store guy. And, like, I think that's really, like, an act of empathy and, like, as corny as it sounds, like, it's, like, an act of love to be, like, you know, like, this person is, like, worth looking at and, like, has something to offer. There's, like, something I love about this person and I want everyone to see it. And, And it's, like, I think Derek and Savannah both do that and it's just a really good lesson, you know, it's like good. It's like, you're not just here to like turn on a camera and then, you know, it's like, you're here, you're like living this ex- experience and like the people are all part of the film. Like I'm going to literally put them in the film. Um, <clears throat> so yes, yeah, so I, I think I've been lucky to, to be able to work with two people who are like, so um, like who like need to do that like they need to, it makes the film like better to them. Like it makes it more real um, and more whole. So, yeah. Um, thank you. Yeah, and I also have to say, you know, I, I one other thing I've just been thinking about, like the trailer for this movie just came out and I was thinking about how like, it's usually like the struggle in a story is to, is to make things like really clear and specific and like that's so hard to do. But like the story that I, from my perspective, like the story that Savannah is telling is like, she's deliberately infusing it with ambiguity because it's like too complicated to be clear sometimes. And it's like, how, how can you, like when you're making your first movie be like, no, I'm not gonna like, I know I'm supposed to be clear but like i'm going to go beyond that which is just such a masterful thing to be able to to pull off you know it's it's so easy for that to go wrong and to just be like wishy-washy or like not have a voice but it's like that ambiguity makes the film like go to the next level and um and so i, know, I just think that's a really special thing about the film
0: yeah that's really really well said that that really is yeah it ha- it has that it's it is it's above above that like it's a ab- it has that kind of ambiguity but but a, a groundedness to it you know at the same time mm-hmm. uh, yeah well done love <laughs> you
1: thank you thank you really No, thank you. I feel, um, really on that note of ambiguity, like, I think it's about like the many layers to each of those characters. Like every, every character is not just like there for the story beat, you know, it's like trying to see each of them, which I think is really hard, but I think is the only way with the subject matter, you know, um, uh, But yeah, I'm really excited for people to see it because I think um, the conversations around it or like even the conversations I've had with people who have watched it is like eye-opening for myself, you know? (laughs) Um, uh, Which I think is a really powerful thing. That's that's like what we do it for, right? So yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Life is complicated, right?
1: I've
2: I've never seen a... uh, a reaction like that before like at the premiere i've just never seen people react that way mm-hmm. it was really
1: like shocking
0: you know where did it premiere at sundance
1: they premiered at sundance i don't know what the room is called do you remember what the, the, library, I believe. the library yeah and um that was like a really i mean obviously i've never never done this before but that so so I was like really excited to have Jody there and like um you know other f- uh, there was like a good amount of the cast there, like six of them, maybe a bit maybe seven um, which was really amazing. My mom and my sister were there which was just terrifying and exciting. <laughs> and um the comp- like there was a good amount of the crew there, which was like I was just surprised that people go to like Utah and you know, um, that was amazing, and then just like, just f- being in that room with those people, I've I, I'm kind of like a pretty. I don't want to say I'm a guarded person, but I I'm pretty um, introverted. I'd say at times, and in like large group settings, and for me, like being up on the stage to introduce the film was so. so so emotional and i never expected that and then even afterwards um uh standing up afterwards and like being next to tia and like having she had just watched herself for the first time um which is like i was like debating whether or not to show it to her before but i'm also so happy she got to see it with like the support of her her cast members you know Um, and, uh, that was just like, so powerful seeing her response to the film and the cast response and Eugene's response and, um, how they supported one another and yeah, it just felt like a very supportive room. Um, yeah, very, uh, interesting. I'll never forget that. Um, that early in the morning screening, <laughs>
0: um, yeah. Ride the wave, <laughs> enjoy it. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, yeah, is there anything else you'd like to talk about, Jody? Um, I don't
0: know, maybe
2: like, what was, um, maybe like editing? Like what was so editing? George, the master.
1: George. So, so it's <clears throat> funny because like actually a lot of people on this film, maybe this is just common, but a lot of people came from like documentary spaces. And so, so when we were looking for an editor, I had met with a few people. Um, and I think George was someone that jo- Jody's European agent may have suggested um and jody also was like talking about this person because um uh he had in the movie the- yeah 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 because he had he had done this documentary called the collective which jody told me to watch and i hadn't watched it before and so i watched it which was like so incredibly edited and He's another person that is like very um, sensitive to the people in front of the camera and it shows, you know. And he has this like wild balance of like films. He's done everything from these like very hard reality documentaries to like very surrealist like French films that I probably couldn't even watch (laughs) like it's so wide ranging and um so I met George and I just like his personality is another personality that I'm just obsessed with I really love this person and I didn't realize just how how much time you spend with an editor you know in a feature and it's like every day and every day I was like excited to be with him and that's not like that there's there's a few people like that I have in the world. And Jody is also one of them. And George is also one of them, you know, and they're kind of like similar <laughs> in a way because they're both very sensitive people and very easy to be around, like introverted, but also can be extroverted at certain times, but also like to be quiet a lot of the times, like they, they have this like balance. Um, and so it's really easy to be around them. And George is like, He's never imposing at all. Um, He kind of like took the footage and all his edits, even like while we were filming and like, he was like creating, like building the the first edit with his, with his other editor. Um, While they were, it was very like, um, like it's, he's really thinking about how the, how it's shot and how, what the language of the cinematography kind of like fluidly, um, is telling him to do. And so it's never like him kind of trying to create an edit. It's like him letting the people and the way of the camera inform the edit. And um, so the first edit I was like really amazed by because I was expecting this like atrocious thing that I was just gonna go home and cry about. but this it wasn't like that. and um, and and the whole kind of edit process was kind of,, um, like that in that we we would we would try to change everything and then sometimes come back to what we started with in some areas um we try to move scenes around and then come back to what we like liked in the initial parts um and so it was more about like how do we get in and out of scenes a bit quicker at times um because oftentimes it's only shot with one shot and it and then kind of taking scenes out that felt maybe repetitive or just like we were lingering too long or whatever it was um so that's kind of what the edit process was like and it was about sound as well like there's the scene um you know tracking uh -hmm. over um the the diaper the diaper scene diaper stealing scene and I don't know if I've just revealed too much, but anyway, sorry. <laughs> um, the, the diaper scene and, uh, that, by the way, I'm like obsessed with the fact that Jody had this idea. I, and like, I didn't fully see it until we like found the right location. And, um, and I just think it's like one of my favorite scenes actually in the movie now. Um, and, uh, and then also this whole thing about like the Dolly track, we haven't even talked about that, but like, I think that's like a really important part of the whole visual language is like her trying to get out and then like being reverted back. And it's like, um, mm-hmm. that just gets longer and longer, you know, and, and, and up until kind of like the climax of the film. And that's like a big feeling. It's like, you're trying to get out and then just like pulled back in. Um, and, um, anyway, so for that specific scene with the edit, it was about like, how do we create tension? And we we realized there's the sound of trains. That's just like, basically was in the footage itself. It was, it was in the location there's the, and we forgot about it. Amtrak has this like annoying sound, <laughs> but it's like in the bay and you, it it kind of like reminds you of the space. And then it cr- created this like really unsettling tension in that scene mixed with like the babies and the children of the playground mixed with like the mother, the women in that space. And um, so that that scene, while it's like, I guess that could be like sound is it's also kind of what you do in the edit and um uh even like picking since sometimes we only covered it with one shot it's about picking the sound takes of another shot and putting it on mm-hmm. and I didn't realize how much of that would be important um and uh so I think George not only has this great sensibility to camera but also sounds and um, and that's, I, I just think he's, like, brilliant with, with the, his attention to sound, um, and, yeah, and, yeah, anyway, yeah you guys. I just, I had, I had a
2: very similar <clears throat> experience, you know, usually, I think, maybe even, like, more so for a DP, it's, like, the first time you see a cut, you're just, like, wh- wh- like, it's so hard to watch, because you don't understand, like, how you got there yeah and it's like what about this or what about why did you do, you know you just have these like really strong it's like you're you what you watch your children are already like you know taken from you or whatever it's, it's just so it's hard to watch but like then there's some editors and you know usually it's like for a good reason right but then yeah, like there's some editors who you can just tell immediately are so sensitive to the story, the acting, which I mean the most important things, but also so sensitive to the visuals and like really respecting them and like trying to honor it. And like, that is so unusual. And when I I flew to London to watch a cut with Savannah and George, and it was like, I was just blown away. Like I'd, I've never seen a movie that far along before. Um, When it was like technically so far away from being done in time, and um, it was really, it really blew me away. Um, So thank you, George. Thank you, Spencer.
1: (laughs) But also, Jody, really quick, I would love to talk to. I just want to hear your about the the Dolly. (laughs) I just want to. I would just want to talk about that because I feel like it's um, really. big part of the film and we haven't spoken about it
2: <laughs> yeah um well i mean i think that really came there's a lot of long lateral tracking shots that then go back to where they started from so you know um and uh and i think a lot of that came from code unknown the michael Haneke film is my recollection of like where you were pulling that from um and I can't, I'm probably remembering this wrong, but the, the sideshow, the, the big sort of party outside, which people in the call a sideshow with cars. Um, <laughs> like I, if I'm remembering correctly, I remembered thinking, oh, this should be one shot. Hmm. But then like thinking that I would have to sort of revert to doing it in this way that maybe wasn't the language of the movie. And then Savannah was like, no, 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 no. It's like code unknown. Like that's what it's like. Mm -hmm. And then it's, and then, so it's like, I think a lot of the time my favorite things are like those things where it's like, the director has an idea and then like I change it and then they change it on top of that. And it's like, becomes this mixture of like what both of you wanted and like the best ideas win and like on top of each other. And like that, that's a, Perfect example, of that is the sideshow, but also I, I think then the diaper stealing scene, you know, it's, it's the same language. And it's also just like when you really commit to something, you can do things like that. And there was a lot of pressure to not do things that way. Like, are you sure this is like, you know, people being nervous about like committing to those choices, especially the non-actors and like all of the, the variables but like, if you really focus on it and you say, this is what we're doing and it's about like, just do it again. It's not about like, well, we need a shot to cover ourselves. We need something to cut away from. It's like, just keep doing it until it's right. And like, that's what I love. Like, I love, we all decide to do some things together and then just keep working at it and don't compromise and don't give up, you know? Cause it's like those... The imperfections that come along with making a choice like that are what make a movie great too. Like the, the problems, the flaws, like that's what makes it feel like a choice. And like that like the director has something to say. And and so, yeah, so I just love like when someone like lets me or like empowers me to like be able to to shoot things that way. It's like the best thing.
1: I mean for me like the perfect example, we've spoken about this before, but the perfect example is like that, when we were first introduced to her kids in that room. And like, and, you know, Jody had this idea of putting it, just doing it in one take and just like putting um, the dolly on one side of the room, the track on one side of the room. And then we were like, kind of talking about the blocking of it. And then it was like the actually, the shooting of it and like, kind of like there was so much tension around like is this gonna work and like because the actors have to the kids have to hit marks you know and Tia who's never done this before has to hit marks on like a very emotionally tense scene but like actually that tension of doing it all in one take I think helped her you know um and helped the kids as well because they weren't like breaking this like emotionally um, quite, uh, yeah, it was just an emotionally tense scene. And, you know, I had written it and thought of it as this thing where people, the kids are shouting, screaming, screaming, everything's like super big kind of. And when we did the first take, I was so surprised because I was like, that's it. Like, um, the way the camp, we had already kind of like blocked it out and mapped it out before shooting it, how the kids are sitting like, Oh, all I needed to do was give the little girl, you know, something to color. <laughs> and she, all of a sudden, it like focused her attention on something and allowed her to ignore her mother. And then Tia just was like, that those simple things of like the children having pain without ha- like shouting or screaming um, and doing it in this the typical kind of like drama way, I think really brought so much to Tia's performance in a way um, I was really surprised about. And and so that was a way in which I thought like um, us figuring out the the camera language and the blocking before shooting really enabled actors to kind of just be, you know, in the space in in a way. And not think about it, you know? Tia was someone that's really interesting in that, like I always thought that like non-actors, like they hate scripts and they hate dialogue. Like they wanna they wanna just make up their own dialogue. But that's not really the case. Like Tia actually like really loves like scripts she really um when she she when she doesn't know what to say that's when she like worries i think when she does sh- she has the words when she's memorized it it's almost like liberating for her and so for her um like having you know being knowing some of these beats enabled her to just kind of like sit in this tension and like feel the tension bubbling inside of her um in a way, so I, anyways, that I just felt like the camera language and and informs kind of the acting, and the acting kind of like brought another layer, and that was the way in which like all these ideas are kind of building on top of one another until the final piece, and we don't know it's all going to work until you're like there shooting it with the people and realizing like how much they're informing one another, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think that scene works perfectly that way because that's life, right? These, those kids don't really understand what's happening. And going back to those two men, they kind of explain that, like they had no idea what was going on when they were being moved around. Yeah. And, and that little girl could show up one day with her mom and be really glad to see her and then show up one day and feel really lonely and sad. And I think that really portrayed that and, and, you went back to them those few times and they showed up in different ways um that's like that's truth you know what i mean that's how it is it doesn't have to be this big explosion fight that goes on and i also thought it was really great that the the foster mother and the social worker except for that one scene are quite insignificant right in the whole story as a whole because it's just kind of their journey and these, these other people are just, you know, parts of bureaucracy that show up here and there, but in, and you didn't get into the drama so much of all of that. Um, and yeah. that, that was really great too. So it's interesting hearing you both talk about this and how you wrote it in one way, but then it showed up a different way and, and how, you know, just collaborating and working together and fi- figuring out the language of all of this, how it, it ended up so perfectly, you know, in so many ways. Um, yeah. I'm sure there's things about it you w- wish you could have done differently, but it's, yeah. it's really incredible.
1: Yeah, I think like, sorry, back to that. Like, I just, it's funny. Cause like you cast people or like like the, the little girl, for example, for some reason I was drawn to her. And then I realized later that I'm drawn to her. Cause she's like, kind of like how I was as a child, you know? And like, I would do that thing of certain things in your life, you have to like mature up quickly. And so you like learn to, I don't know, you like learn to mature and you learn to like be this like little kid that's just gonna like ignore the situations and try to just like cope with it inside. Um, and, uh, I don't know why I'm bringing this up, but I, but that was something I learned about myself, like in casting is like, and and in the story is like, I didn't realize how much of myself is in these people, you know, in every, like every character and like different phases of my, of my life. And, and so it was like really doing this people because like I'm bringing them to my home you know and then like showing them me (laughs) in a way and like um and so while we were doing it it was kind of like um just very revealing of myself and uh, and then also them knowing that and like sharing a lot about themselves as well you know and so there's a lot of times I just thought that was like a really interesting side of this film. I don't know, if maybe that always happens, but it just uh, was a really interesting experience for me. Um, for that reason, I feel like I'm really revealing a lot <laughs> through this through this film. Um, so yeah,
0: hmm. yeah. Well, it's eleven forty. Jody, hmm. do you need to?
2: Um it might it might be a good time because I feel like they're about to bust it. My kids are about to bust in here and I gotta make them dinner and stuff. Um, because I'm in a different time zone. But uh yeah.
0: You both feel Um, complete. Anything anything you feel good?
1: Um, I feel I feel really good. I'm really glad we got to do this and it was like nice remembering um yeah bring the experience that joey's been away um <laughs> doing other things but like so it's nice to get to zoom and and remember you know mm-hmm. thank you guys yeah yeah,
2: yeah it's good you'll be good to watch this in 10 years
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah it will it will for sure yeah. uh, thank you so, both thank you. for taking the time i'm excited i'm excited
2: and for, for doing this out. Did it. Yeah. Thanks for watching the movie too.
0: Yeah, so yeah. good. <clears throat> My mom's coming uh, today. I think I'm gonna watch it with her again. Uh, yeah. Amazing. Nice. Yeah. That's cool. well, not All right. High. Well, good.
2: Good luck fighting, uh, fighting <laughs> the man out there.
0: Fighting the man. Dan <laughs> with production. Um, <laughs> yeah, and uh, I'm gonna pause.